Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. We're glad you came and uh, you're going to get a, I guess, a double dose. Usually in the second service, I kind of just throw away the clock a little bit and feel a little more freedom. There's a little more uh, cons- uh, restriction, I should say, in the, in the first service sometimes because we've got uh, the second service pushed on us. But um, we, you've got me for the next three hours, so I'm really glad you came. <laughs> We're already here. I mean, we might as well just get the best out of it. But I actually have been really excited to, to, to preach this message uh, today. Uh, if you got your Bibles, you can go ahead and open up to Ephesians 6. We'll just jump right in. Um, how many of you guys were here a few weeks ago when Cody, the, the campus pastor from uh, Midland, came and preached? Uh, were some of you here? Some of you here, some of you weren't. Um, I, um, <clears throat> I had reached out to Cody uh, a couple weeks before that and just said, hey, um, you know, I, I mean, it's kind of a preacher thing. Like, you know, first of the year, usually a pastor or spiritual leaders, they kind of have a word for the year. Well, sometimes they have a word for the year uh, and, and things are kind of brewing in, in them. I know last year that happened to me uh, a little bit uh, right at the end of 2022, kind of knew some direction for 2023. And but really hadn't happened yet for me in 2024. And I, I asked Cody, I was like, do you have a word is the word you preach there in Midland, is that like a Midland word or is that, do you feel like this, this is a traveling message? And he, he said, no, I really feel like this, is, this message will travel. And so uh, he came and he preached a message um, called the year of the sword. Uh, I mean, that's like the most intense, like Old Testament message title you can get. And if you know Cody very well, I mean, that, he's like, he quotes Ezekiel like we quote the Gospels. I mean, it's like nobody quotes Ezekiel, you know, except for Cody. But um, no, he, he, it's kind of a typical Cody message in some ways, but, uh, but he, he preached this message and, uh, and I'm telling you, it was just, it was actually incredible. And in, in the middle of the service, uh, I'm kind of notorious for like hanging out in the back. Like I, I love to kind of worship in the back and I'm usually just watching and, and, and praying. And when Cody, well, first of all, Cody didn't tell me what his message was. I had no idea what he had, was going to preach on that day and, or what he had preached on before that in Midland. And so I was just in the back, just praying and leaning in, and the Lord was really talking to me, really about stuff he had been stirring in me for, for some time, and about really just coming back to some of my roots personally, and um, in some things. And so anyway, I, I, I was just jotting stuff down and typing his, on my notes on my phone of like, hey, 2024, we're going to go after this, we're going to go after this. And I just kind of felt it coming on me in that moment during worship. And uh, well, then Cody gets up and preaches, and man, as, as Cody was preaching, I'm just going to tell you, I just overwhelmingly felt, oh my, this, this is the word of the Lord. I mean, this is the word of the Lord. I mean, there, there are messages, and then there are words of the Lord. And I know sometimes you feed sheep, but sometimes you are, I mean, you are prophetically pointing a direction. And I just really felt very strongly in, in what Cody was saying in that moment. And, you know, in 2023, I'm very thankful that we have this type of a culture 2023, I felt very strongly that I had the word of the Lord for the year. And I remember reaching out to Cody and Keith and said, hey, I, I would really like it if we could go this direction, which was the first time in the history of this church that I've actually asked some uh, uh, our, our preachers, our teachers, to go in a certain direction. But I really felt strongly about it. Keith and Cody did such a brilliant job, really um, in 2023, pointing us back to the finished work of the cross, going back to grace, pointing us back to Jesus. And it was, it was really a focal point in, in most of 2023. And... Um, but man, when Cody preached this word, it was like, this is, this is the word of the Lord. This is, this is it. I, just because I'm the senior pastor doesn't mean I have to have the word. And just because Keith is the campus pastor doesn't mean Keith has to have the word. I'm very thankful that we have such a, a depth, if you will, in our, in our organization that you never really know. Uh, we, we were talking to some friends of ours once from, from Bethel Church, and they were, they were bragging on this one guy. And he, they were talking about how what they loved about him so much is that when he came into rooms, he didn't try to, he wasn't necessarily trying to have the word of the Lord. He was trying to find it. And it might have been on somebody else. And he was asking, Lord, who, what are you breathing on? Who are you breathing on? And I just thought that was such a, a humble posture to take. And, uh, and so I just, I really just, I'm, I'm really strong on this. And so I want to, I want to just pick up honestly, right where Cody, uh, where Cody was. I, I want to start where he actually started in Ephesians chapter six, right there in verse 10. It says, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts and wickedness 
of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand. Have you guys ever quoted that scripture to yourself when you felt like, I think about the much, most strength I've got is just to stand. I don't know if I'm going to be swinging my sword, but I'm going to be standing here holding it. You know, uh, I, I love that. Uh, but check it out here in verse 14. It says, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation, and here's where, here's where we're going to land, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Cody taught us last or a couple weeks ago that when the Lord spoke to him and says 2024 will be a year of the sword, 2024 will be a year of the sword. Uh, the sword. Sometimes I don't know how to say sword. Do you pronounce the W? Sword. Sword. We're going to go sword. Uh, this is the year of the sword. Um, he, he's talking about the word of God. He's talking about getting back to uh, the truth, which is the, the word of God. And I, it, it really, like I said, it, it was taking me back. This, this thinking, this, this perspective in a lot of ways, uh, it really does. It takes me back to my, to my roots. I actually grew up what some people you know, know to be like word of faith. And uh, regardless of what you think um, about that, I, what I do know is I'm very thankful for the fact that I was a part of churches that put the emphasis on the word that they built things on the word the best that they could, they could see it. And uh, man, I just, I'm, I'm very excited about this message. And I also just wanna say this, um, if you haven't heard that message, one, one of the things that we are, are really blessed to have in this day and age, you can talk, talk about it and say what you want to about the technology and, and social media and the things that it's done that are negative. But there are a lot of things that it's done that are really positive. And one of the things is, is we can go back and listen to a word again in not with, with no effort really which isn't always a great thing that it requires no effort. But in this particular situation, I'm glad that it, it doesn't take much because I really would encourage you to, to go back and listen to Cody's message on, from the 14th, January 14th, called The Year of the Sword. Um, and I want to here's why. I want to read you this, this, this scripture. It's important that you know things like this. 2 Chronicles 20.20 20 says, Believe the Lord your God and you will be established. I don't think anybody in here doesn't believe that we should believe in the Lord. But notice the next part. It says, believe his prophets. Believe his prophets and what will happen? You'll succeed. I genuinely believe that what Cody did wasn't just preach a message that he released a prophetic word. And a lot of what you might be looking for to happen in this year is gonna be contingent on, did you believe the prophet or was that just another Sunday? It's very important that you learn how to come to church. <laughs> You don't, not that you come to church, it's that you learn how to come to church, that you come with faith, you come with expectation, you come with ears to hear, so that when you hear a word, it translates into, into action. And I genuinely believe that. In fact, I'll, I'll just say that, like, say this, I had planned on going a, a bit of another direction, not exactly another direction, but a bit of another direction. And as I was just meditating on this, the more I kept meditating on Cody's message, it's almost like the Lord said, hey, this is the word of the Lord for you too. This, this is the word of the Lord for you too. And what I felt like was more important than me preaching my message was me getting behind the word of the Lord. I, I'm gonna yield, I'm gonna submit. Why? Because I, I wanna succeed. <laughs> Believe the prophet, so shall you prosper. Anybody else wanna prosper other than me? I, I, so I, I was telling Keith last night, I was like, I, it completely shifted how I was gonna preach. And so actually the, the title of the message today is Embracing the Year of the Sword embracing the year of the, of the sword. What does it look like to embrace the year of, uh, of the sword? But um, I just want to remind us that when we hear messages like that and you, and you know what Second Chronicles 20, 20 says, believe the prophet, so shall you prosper. What does belief actually look like? When you say believe the prophets, so shall you prosper. Belief isn't just a thinking thing. Think, belief isn't just a, a knowing thing on the inside of you. I want to read from James chapter 2. Uh, many of you would know this. James chapter 2, starting verse 14, says, What is a profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save, save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one says to them, Depart in peace, be warm and filled, do you, 
but you do not give them the things which they are in need of, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself. It, if it does not have works, it is dead. What's he saying here? I, it's, it's, it's great to believe something, but just so you know, if you really believe something, we'll be able to tell. If you really believe something, there will be a, in fact, I think it's even an amplified, mom could probably help me with this one, but it says faith without corresponding action is dead. Faith without a corresponding action. That's what works here. We, we, we all know we're not under a covenant of works anymore, so we're not talking about the kind of works that brings righteousness. No, we're talking about a response, a faithful response that shows I actually do believe what I say I believe. So if a prophet, if a man of God, if he speaks a word and it's the prophetic word of the Lord, I will know if I believe that word, if it changes the way that I act the very next day. I'll know if it changes the way I drive home that day. So when you hear a word that says it's the year of the sword, it's the year of the word, how you respond and engage with the word in 2024 will let you know, will let anybody else know, how much did you believe that word that was spoken? Or was it just, oh man, great word, pastor. It's a great word. And we all have to be very honest. How many times come to church? Man, phenomenal service. Man, what, what was the message? Oh, it was on this, this, and this. And the next week, what did he say last week? What was he talking about last week? And we don't even remember what the message was last week because we didn't do anything with it. But I'll tell you right now, if I were to preach a message today on forgiveness, and it was something that the Lord quickened in your spirit, if, if you took that word to, to heart and all week long you were going to people, said, hey, or you were going to people and saying, one, asking them to forgive you for things, but then also daily saying, you know what, Lord, this person in my life that I've been holding this against, I forgive them today in Jesus' name. Tuesday, Lord, I forgive them in Jesus' name. Wednesday, Lord, I didn't feel it again. I forgive them in Jesus' name. You know what would happen next Sunday? You would remember what was preached the previous Sunday. Because it would be fresh on your mind. Why was it fresh on your mind? Because you actually believed the message. How do I know you believed the message? Because you did something. So if 2024 is actually the year of the sword, to return back to the word, to return back to the truth, something in my life should change in accordance with that word. Something should change. And that's really what I want to talk to you today about is how do we do this? What might our life look like if we truly embraced a prophetic declaration uh, that this is truly uh, the year of the sword? And how might we respond? And my message, I, I was going to have, a, you know, three points, three ways to embrace the year of the sword. And I got to one point and couldn't get past one point. One point. So this will be the easiest message for you to remember because we really only are going to talk about one thing for the next 30 minutes and 21 seconds, which I hardly believe that's how long I'm going to preach. But um, one point. Here's what I feel like is imperative for us in, in 2024 if we're going to really truly embrace the prophetic word that 2024 is the year of the sword. It's imperative that this year we fall in love with the word. We fall in love with the word. Um, I started dating Leanne in uh, the year 2000. Um, and in the year 2000, we didn't carry around phones, we didn't text and things like that, but I'm gonna tell you what we did have, and that's AOL Instant Messenger. Come on, somebody. <laughs> How many of you guys know about AOL Instant Messenger? You go to your computer and you got to listen, that little sound, you know, and uh, we didn't, Leanne and I didn't live, when we first met, we, we didn't live close to each other. Uh, we lived, I lived in uh, Post, Texas of all places, and she lived in Midland at the time, and so um, when this thing kind of started up, uh, we were not close, we weren't seeing each other, and it wasn't like it started off like very clearly, oh, this is kind of like a romantic thing going on here. It was really more just like, hey, we, we kind of started talking. I'd been friends with her brother for a while. Uh, she, she was more mature than, than me, also known as older. And um, um, so it wasn't like a thing for a while, but then all of a sudden it kind of became a thing, but it kind of became a thing over AOL Instant Messenger. And I gotta be honest with you, one of the most embarrassing moments of my life was a couple years ago, honestly. 
um, where we got to talking about when we started talking over AOL Instant Messenger. And I mean, I'm just telling you, I remember coming home every day and I could not wait to hear that sound. You know, you've got mail. <laughs> and, and either I had a message from her or we, I don't know if you remember this, on AOL Instant Messenger, it would show when someone was online and Leanne's, I'll never forget this, Leanne's name was Lee Happy. And I just remember if I got online and it wasn't on there, you're just staring at that little box that's going to show when Lee Happy came online so we could start talking. And um, a couple, but a couple of years ago, we somehow got to talking about this and Leanne goes, yeah, I still have copies of all of our conversations. And I was like, I'm sorry, come again? What do you mean you have copies of all of our conversations? She goes, well, every, she goes, I don't know why, but for some reason we started talking, I knew uh, that I wanted your body and that... Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's not here. I can say whatever. <laughs> and, but she's like, I don't know, just something in me. I, she started printing off every time we'd have a conversation, all those different lines. So she printed off all of our conversations. And so she, I was like, no, you did not. She goes, yeah, they're actually still in my closet. And I was like, no way, you know? And so we got them out and I'm telling you right now, I don't know. I can, well, first of all, I can just tell you all you men in here, you don't remember what you sounded like back in those days because you just black out. You know, it's like you black out, you go into this trance and you're just typing every, all this. And I remember reading some of the stuff that I wrote and I was like, oh my God, I don't ever want anybody to ever see this. It was the, I mean, the wussiest, mushiest stuff. I'm like, this is a Hallmark movie right here. This is a script of a Hallmark movie, you know? And uh, I'm coming back from high school and... Um, and so it was just like the most bizarre thing. But I remember it, it, did, it, it mattered to me. Like it, when, going, if I go back to that time and remember that when we were typing, and I want you to pay close attention to this, as we were typing, I was aware of the fact that there was a person behind those words. I didn't see her, but there was a, there was a real person behind those words. And I was falling in love with the person through the words. And I did not realize that's what was happening. But I'm telling you, the, the more we talked, the more I got to know her, it's like those words showed me who she was. Every time I listened to something she said, every time she responded, every time I wrote something back to her, what was happening was the, we were getting to know the person behind the words. And I'm just telling you, as it pertains to the word, I'm not asking you to fall in love with a book. I'm telling you that there's a person behind the book. And to love the person is to love the book. And to love the book is to love the person. To know the book is to know the person. Scripture says in John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, and the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. I absolutely love that phrase. It's a phrase that means a lot to me, full of grace and truth. You need to understand this. Jesus is not 50% grace and 50% truth. He's 100% grace and 100% truth because the two are not in competition. And I know at different seasons of my life, I, I think I had a greater understanding of the truth, but not much grace. And then I know there were seasons where I swung over here and I, I was developing my understanding of grace. And sometimes, I don't know if you've ever been on this journey, but sometimes in the pursuit of grace and understanding the finished work of the cross and what he actually did for us, all of a sudden truth can get a little bit hard to swallow. It's like, wait a minute, that sometimes truth starts to feel like law. And our brain kind of glitches for a second. It's like, well, hang on a second. That kind of seemed a little harsh. That seemed a little hardcore. But I'm, I just want you to understand this. The person of Jesus, the word who became flesh and dwelt among men, he's not half and half grace and truth. He's all the way grace and all the way truth at the same time every time. They're not in competition. And so some of us that are more bent one way or the other, sometimes we have to remind ourselves of that, that uh, there, there are two sides to this thing. Uh, and, and that they're both Jesus. Um, I just want to read, I, 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 felt, I, I felt compelled to just be, read, we're going to read quite a bit of scripture today. Um, because I just want to, again, what are, we, what are we talking about here? We're talking about falling in love with the word. First of all, you must understand that the word, they're not just words on paper. They are the introduction to a person and the person's name is Jesus. So as I get into the word, as I get to know the word, I'm getting to know the hymn. 
you know, for those of you uh, that have, you may have heard Cody even say this last week, he was talking about a, a, a prophetic word he got from Chris Valentin. He, he was sitting there at my house with Chris there and he was like, man, I really need a word. I really need a word. And he mustered up the courage to ask Chris to give him a prophetic word. And he said, Chris, would you give me a word? And he goes, oh, you want a, a word? He goes, yeah. He goes, okay, here's your word. Read your Bible. And it's like, well, and I remember I was, listening, I was sitting here when Cody said that, and I just, you could tell it hit him because it wasn't the word he was expecting, but it was the word he wanted, and, or it's the word that he needed. And he said, it dawned on him, wait a minute, if the word is Jesus, why isn't Jesus enough? Why do I need something other than the word? What am I looking for more than Jesus, more than the word? We're falling in love with the word. Joshua 1.8 says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according all that is written. For then, not before then, but then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Um, The word is something that should be rolling around on the inside of you all day long. And I don't want to overly spiritualize this thing, just to be honest with you. So when I say all day long, I don't mean you zone out in a trance and your eyes are flicking back in your head all day long as you're walking to work. It's like, that's not what I'm talking about. But when the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. How many of you guys speak quite a few words every single day? If, it, if your heart is full of the word, then it's impossible for the word to not come out of your mouth every day. Because according to scripture, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what happens is, is we have to get ourselves. that's why it says this, this book of the law should not depart out of our mouth. It should not depart out of our mouth. Why? Because it should be, there should be an abundance of the word in our heart. And it should be coming out of our mouth. And in every situation, everything that we're facing, every trial, every moment of shame, when the enemy comes and tries to make you feel shame, we need to be loaded with the word. I was so proud of my, my oldest daughter. I, I hope she doesn't mind me telling this, this story, but I was just so proud of her last night. We were, um, we were talking on the phone. She, well, I, I got to, back from, from dinner and her and Riley were talking and um, she was a little emotional and I could, hear, I could tell and I heard her tell Riley, put dad on the phone. And so I went over there and got on the phone and, I, and, I, and she, <laughs> she goes, uh, dad, I wanna come home. And I was like, oh, she's in college in Denver. And I said, I said, well, come on, baby, what's going on? What, 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 are you, what are you dealing with? And it's just stuff. Like, you know how stuff is. When you're an 18-year-old girl and you're in a new place, and I, what I love about my girls is sometimes they just want their daddy. You know, they ain't growing out of that, I hope. Um, but she's like, I just want to come home. I was like, why? What's going on? Well, actually, I don't know. I just had a good day, but I just want to come home. And, of course, when mom and, dad, mom and Leanne were out to dinner that night, last night as well, and Leanne came home and, Susanna was right, still kind of in the middle of telling me kind of what she was going through. And you got to watch mamas. They'll book plane tickets fast. <laughs> Dad talks them through it. Mom books plane tickets, you know. And so, but I just, man, I was just talking her through some stuff. And so we just, we were talking and she said, um, she was, she's a college athlete. And I, what I love about her is watching her navigate things. And I said, what, what's, what's going on? And she said, well, we're, we're, we've started back practices again like full-on volleyball practices. Their, their season was in the spring or in the fall. They've had some time off doing just some, just some working out, but now they're back into at least once a week, full-on all-day Friday practices. And so she's just kind of back in the swing of the things. And she said, you know, I just, we're, we're practicing again, and I'm realizing that I still have work to do because I don't want to perform for man even though I'm playing a sport. And she says, as I'm playing, I'm realizing I don't need to be playing to make my coach happy. And so I'm watching her navigate this tension of how to not live from a performance mindset, yet she's playing sports. And I'll just tell you, that's not the easiest thing to do. I mean, you're literally performing when you go out on the court. And so I'm just absolutely loving watching her navigate, watching over her soul while being excellent in this thing that she's trying to be excellent in that's provided her a scholarship. And so we were talking and 
So I, I'm preaching to her, baby, and I said, I said, baby, let me tell you what you do. We gotta, we gotta get, get some declarations and we're gonna declare some things so we don't wanna get puffed up in pride so that when you do good, you don't wanna get puffed up in pride. So we want some declarations of humility, but we also don't wanna live in shame. So when you start having thoughts of this and this and this, what are our, what are our confessions gonna be that raise the emotions? So we're trying to live in this middle part of our emotions, yada, yada, yada. And she's like, that's good, dad, that's good, dad. And, and, and I'm just thinking, man, I'm just giving her all the good stuff. And... Um, she said, um, yeah, Dad, those are really real. Those are good. Those are good. She goes, well, I actually wrote some prayers. And I said, oh, you did. And, of course, I'm thinking, like, you know, dear Jesus. You know? I don't know. You still sometimes see your, your grown-up kids even as your, your little kids. And so I, um, I was like, oh, you, you wrote some too. And she's like, yeah, I actually. I, I was like, well, why don't you read them to me? And she began to read me her, these prayers that she had been praying over her teammates over herself, over her coaches. And I mean, when I say these were prayers, these were prayers. It was like, Lord, I thank you that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that I am hidden in Christ and my performance on a volleyball court does not define who that I am. And she's just reading me all this stuff and I'm just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, and it, what, I, what I could tell is she, had, she didn't just have her dad's words in her. She had her dad's words in her that my word, it had been translated. Like all of a sudden it wasn't just, I'm gonna do what my dad says. It was, I'm gonna do what my dad says. And I, I just was so proud of her. And I, and I just told her, I was like, okay, you don't let those words, when you're on that volleyball court, when this thing happens to you, when that thing happens to you, you get those words out of your mouth and you recreate the world of hiddenness in Christ that you wanna live in. And I mean, we're just kind of preaching back and forth to each other. But it actually has to be that, like, I think sometimes we struggle, like where does, where does some of this stuff that we're learning in the Bible fit into my world? It fits, trust me. When, when, when you're the mom and you show up to, to school with your kid's project and you're carrying it in all proud of the, of the project that you made and then you look across the, the, the way and then there's the mom that did the project for the kid. You, moms know what I'm talking about? Or even the dads, it's like, and you're like, all of a sudden you're like, okay, you spent $500 on that school project. And it's like, wait a minute, all of a sudden, this, this moment comes where it's like, am I as good as mom as she is? Am I, am I doing as good as she's doing? Or maybe you're the other side of it, like, who does she think she is? And all, you know, you're, you're wearing her out behind her back, you know? What do, we, what do we start, where does this stuff fit? Lord, I'm thankful that I'm not defined by my kids' project. Where you have the word in you, because what we, what we all know is in a, a moment like that, dropping your kid off from school, something that can happen that ruins the rest of your day. But if you're meditating on the word day and night, you're recognizing the emotions, the things that are going on inside of you, the thoughts that are going on inside of you. And you're like, wait a minute, your, Lord, your word says take every thought captive. Right now, I take captive that thought that is, a, that is an unloving, that is a jealous, that is a shameful thought. I don't, I'm not gonna sit here in this place acting like I know another man's heart. Wow, because your word says no man knows another man's heart. Do you see how the word should just come out of your mouth if you're meditating on it day and night, don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. That word will change the emotional state of the rest of your day. Then you will make your day or your way prosperous and you will have good success. Second Timothy uh, starting in ver uh, chapter three, starting in verse 14 says it this way, but you must remain faithful to the things you've been taught. You know they are true for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood and they have given you wisdom. How many of you guys could use some wisdom? If you have teenagers, you know what I'm talking about. There's not exact scriptures for every single thing. Should, my, should I let my kids start dating at 14? 15? 16? 27? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you need wisdom to receive the salvation that comes from trusting Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and it is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. This word is your preparation. This word is your equipping, feeding on, falling in love with this word, meditating on this word day and night. It is constantly equipping you to do the thing that you were called to do. I don't understand how you couldn't love these benefits. Some of this stuff is very simple. Um, I wrote this. 
So that, here's what that means. We actually have to read our Bibles. Like I think as, as Christians, we know we should read our Bible, but I'm not so sure we know why. Should I read up? Why should you read your Bible? Well, I, I mean, I think you're just, I think you're supposed to read it. I know, but, but why? Why? Because they are the words of life. They are how we get to know Jesus and how in interacting with him and his word. I'm going to tell you one of the scariest scriptures in all of the Bible. When it talks about depart from me for I never knew you. And right before that, it talks about we've, or right after that, it says, well, hang on. What do you mean you don't know us? Like, We've cast out demons in your name. We've done all this stuff in your name. In other words, there was a lot of Christian activity. And he's like, nah, you, you, I, don't, I don't know. You depart from me. I never knew you. I just wonder if he is the word and getting to know, you can get to know him through his word and he can get to know you through exchange of words. I wonder if our relationship with the word has something to do with whether he ever knows us or not. And I, I get, I'm not going to act like I got a ton of revelation on that one because it's just, it's one of those scriptures that's like, I don't really know how to touch that one. Depart from me, I never knew you yet. I did all these things in your name. There were miracles that were happening, cast out demons in your name, all this stuff. Christian, act, the fact that you can do and are doing on a regular basis Christian activity does not mean you have a relationship with him. It just doesn't. So when I say actually read your Bible, it's this thing of like, no, I, I, I need to daily engage with Jesus. Some of the long spans of time where we don't feel like God's talking to us is because the only way we want him to speak to us is either on a Sunday morning when someone else feeds me or we want something audible. Chris Valentin's words, you want a word from God? Read your Bible. There should never be a day in your life where you don't hear from him. And if you're going to bed one night, you're like, man, I don't think I've heard him. Just read the Bible. You've heard him now. Shouldn't be a day. And I go back to my AOL instant messenger days. I can just tell you there wasn't a day when I was courting Leanne and there was that, whoever uses that word anymore. But when we were starting to, I don't even know why I use that word. But like when there was that, hey, like there's something going on here. I'm telling you, there wasn't a day that I didn't go check if she was online. There wasn't a day. I love, what, um, I love what Bill says. Bill Johnson says this. He says, in the kingdom, the more you eat, the hungrier you get. It's the only place that this works. Every, in the natural, when you're hungry, you eat. When you eat, you're not hungry. But in the kingdom, the more you feed on the word, the hungrier you get for the word. So we actually, we, there's, there's Bible, there's so many things that you can do. There's the Bible apps. There's all these, you know, there's the good old paper edition. I think it was Cody that said that. Somebody, maybe it's Cody said this, but like someone said, um, that they like reading their, they were talking to, listen to someone that said, read your actual paper Bible because there's no way while you're reading that one that a message is gonna pop up on the pages. <laughs> no distractions, which if that works for you, I, I mean, I can't really preach with too much conviction around that because I still read my Bible on my phone, but if that works for you, do that. Um, but seriously, we actually have to, we have to read our Bible. Another one, you had to listen to preaching. Another way you get the word on the inside of you is you actually listen to preaching. Ephesians chapter four, verse 11 and 12 says, and he gave some to the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of the Christ. So some of your equipping in the word is gonna come through people that have a unique gift on their life to, to say things in a way, to speak things in a way. How many of you guys have been in here where you're like, you've heard a message where a pastor read a scripture, then he gave the explanation of it, and you went, I have never understood what that meant until just now. I have, for some reason, I have read that scripture a billion times, but somehow when you said what you said and then read it and then said what you said, now I feel like I understand that. That's actually biblical. There's, why, is, why is it that way? It's the same as the sex drive in a man. Sometimes God put a sex drive in the man to make him regularly go back to his woe man. It's shocking for some of you. But every now and then it's like, no, I, I should go get close to her. I should go talk to her. In, in the same way, there are some things that happen when a God-gifted apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher preaches that draws you back into the body of Christ because we don't belong isolated. Should we read our Bibles on our own? Yes, but that's not all. Romans chapter 10, look what it says here in Romans chapter 10, verse 13. It says, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? I thought this was so funny because as I was reading this, this just came to me. And it's like, so you, should, you need to see this. Sometimes you need to cook your food yourself, but sometimes you need to go out to dinner and have somebody else cook it for you. <laughs> that they're, they're both biblical. There needs to be an individual, personal relationship with the word. But then you can't say, well, I don't need, I, I mean, you, you hear people say this, usually it's people that have been hurt in the church. They say, I don't need the church to know God. And first of all, that's not true. Because some of God, is, some of, there are some of the aspects of God that you'll never know because you only know in part and prophesy in part. And the only way you'll know the other parts of God is in the other people God's called you to be with. I did want to spend some time. It looks like I have about eight minutes left to be on my soapbox because I'm about to jump on the top step. Um, because I, I want to, I believe both things I said, first of all, that you should be in the word yourself. And I believe in listening to the preaching of the word through podcasts, through coming to church, 100% believe those. And, and just a bit of a disclaimer, I, and I'm, I mean this with all, as much humility as I think I can say it with, um, I don't know someone, I personally don't know someone that has a, a greater honor for spiritual fathers in their life. I, I genuinely don't. I, I, I have a high value. It's a revelation to me uh, of what spiritual fathers are supposed to be and, uh, and can be in your life. And so it's a big deal. But what I, I don't care who this person is in your life. Not everything you hear preached every time is the word of God. I know that's, that this is going to shock you just a little bit. But what you have to understand is not every single thing that comes out of, through the filter of a human being is 100% every single time. Not everything I say every single time is 100% the word of God. Now, is it my effort? Absolutely. Am I trying to deceive? Absolutely not. But what needs to be happening on a regular basis is you're in the word, you're listening to the Holy Spirit, so that if any time I were to ever say something in a moment of the flesh, for whatever reason, and get off of the scriptures just a little bit, that something on the inside of you goes, I don't know if that's in the Word. You remember when you were a kid playing the telephone game? Remember that? In the history of the world, no one's ever gotten it right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like when you pass it along five or six times, in the history of the world, no one's ever gotten it right. And yet, Every single time, no one's trying. Well, when you're in junior high, you're trying to screw it up. You know, it's just fun to throw something else in there and see what comes out, you know. But for the most part, if you're playing the game right, you're not trying to mess it up. But it seems like you never get it right. Well, why? Because when it goes from this person, this person, this person, how people hear, people's brains have their own filters. Every single person here, you have your own filter. Your life, your intellect, your personality, your, all, these, all the things that make you you, they, when it goes in your ears, there's a filter called you. And everything about your life creates that filter. So sometimes, I, I remember I had my little brother, I love him, but I remember one time he and I were having a conversation about the word and he's like, you know, I just, you know, da 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 And my brother's so intense. He, he just loves the Lord. He's the most intense dude you ever met. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And he goes, I just love when you said the other day when you were preaching, I love when you said yada, 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 yada. And he repeated back something to me that I don't even theologically believe. And he goes, I just love when you said that. And I said, when I, wait, when I said what? What did I, what did I say? And he repeated back to me. He's like, you know, when you were talking about, da, 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 and then you said yada, 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 yada. I was like, Man, Brody, I love you, man, but I ain't never said that in my entire lifetime. I was like, I don't even, I don't even believe that. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, no, 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 I don't, I don't even believe that. And, but what happens is, you know, when you're listening in a service, the Holy Spirit's talking to you. He's making the, what happened, what the preacher's saying, he's, he's drawn it to you. And every now and then, it's a, it's a you word. It's a specific word for you. And sometimes that word is, is very, very specific, but it's not necessarily in Scripture. But what happens over time is when people start sharing not just the word, but how the word was um, impactful in their life, and then they tell their personal stories. You do that enough, all of a sudden you've got the telephone game going. And if you're not careful, you'll look up and you'll say, you know, the scripture says, and then you'll quote a person, not a scripture. Not because you're trying to get off track. Not because you're trying to start a cult. <laughs> 
It's not the point. But the point is, it's, we have to make sure that we have a dual relationship with the body of Christ and the person of Christ. And then in the same, in the, in the same way, a relationship with the Holy Spirit where, have you ever had this happen where you take a bite of something and as soon as you take a bite of it, you're like, mm, this don't taste right. And you, you're like, no, this ain't, this, something about this just ain't right. And you're like, you don't eat it. Every now and then you should be sitting in church or listening to a podcast or reading a book. And if a little bit of flesh or a little bit of human comes out, masquerading as scripture, something in you, if you have a personal relationship with scripture, something in you should go, mm, this one don't taste right. Something about this don't taste right. And then what, so then what you should do? I'm gonna go back to the word. I'm gonna say, hang on, Lord, they said this. Something about this don't taste right. And you get in the word, you do the research yourself, you get in the word, and what you might find out is that's not what the word says. That's not what the word says. And if it's not what the word says, I don't care which one of your favorites said it. If it's not what the word says, it's not what you do. Now, let me tell you another thing. Sometimes you're going to be sitting there, you went out to dinner, someone's feeding you a message, metaphorically, you're listening to a message, podcast, whatever, and you're going to taste something. Oh, man, that don't taste good. Don't spit it out immediately. And here's why. Because the scripture, the word says, no man drinks new wine and straightway says, I like the new better than the old. Sometimes what you're getting, you just don't have a taste for yet. Then what should you do? You go back to, that didn't taste good. Hang on, I'm gonna go back to the word. And then you flip through the word. And all of a sudden you go, oh my gosh, it's actually in there. Submitting to authority is actually in there. Tithing's actually in there. It actually wasn't the law. This, oh, I'm supposed to bless those that curse me. That did not taste good when he first tried to feed me that. And then here's what you do. I don't care what it tastes like. If it's in there, eat it. Did you hear that? I don't care. Sometimes I don't care what it tastes like. If it's in there, eat it. Because what are you doing? You're training your will to be like his will. Lord, not my appetite, but your appetite be done. Lord, this, this didn't taste good when I first ate it. But when I went back to the word, I found out that it's true. So just like a kid, and, I, and what I've learned is, is mature people aren't as picky of eaters. It's immature people that only want macaroni and cheese. And some of you just got offended. <laughs> what happens when you're young? I, I want nuggets and cheese. <laughs> nuggets and macaroni and cheese. It's, a, it's an immature palate. And I mean, you can try, you, you, as parents, we've all been there. You're throwing every angle you can to try to get them to eat some balanced diet. And it's just like, man, the, the palate is so narrow for the immature. But the older you get, the more you eat on the fullness of the word, it should become increasingly rare that the word comes to you and you go, I don't like that. What should be happening is you begin to, if you get to know the word, you get to know him. When you get to know the word, you get to know him. He, Jesus should never taste bad to you. He should never taste bad to you. But it's going to require at times where you say, one, just because my favorite preacher said it doesn't mean that it's the scripture. But just because it didn't taste good doesn't mean it wasn't the scripture either. Which is why you have to have a balance of, I've got to know the word myself. I have, the whole, have to have the Holy Spirit working uh, in, in, in me. I wrote this down. Let me remind you, I, I love spiritual fathers and I love preachers. I is one. Um, but when you quote other preachers more than you quote, quote the scripture, we have a problem. I mean, you just got to think about that. Like, oh, Bill always says, Chris always says, Stephen Furtick always says, that's great. But how many times you say, the word says? You, there's, I mean, we've, we've tested some of this stuff out. You can put out like a zinger quote, like a really cool quote, and then you can put out a scripture on social media. The zinger will get more likes than the scripture will. 
I think we've got a problem when we like what somebody else said more than we like what he said. Some of us know more lyrics to worship songs than we do scriptures. <laughs> we actually think, this is how I fight my battle. We think that's a song. Well, it's a scripture. <laughs> There's a whole story behind the scripture. You don't, don't, if it's just a song to you, it has no power. Oh man, I love that song. This is how I fight my battle. Well, where did that come from? There's a whole, there's a whole battle of Jericho around this, this, this story. And again, I don't know if I know exactly that's where that particular song came from, but it's kind of the same thing. You need to know the word behind the lyrics, not just the lyrics of the song. The lyrics of song have no power unless those lyrics came from the word. We have to know the word. If you're a songwriter out there, I know there's people here, you need to know the word. It's not about being creative. It's about being powerful. I'm not saying it's not at all about being, I actually believe in that. Yes, it needs to be created. Be creative with the word. Find creative ways to get the word into people because your lyrics are not gonna change their life. His word will. In no different than your empty prayers full of your words will not change your situation. Unless it's his words coming out of your mouth. I'll close right here. Proverbs chapter four, verse 20 says, my son, give attention to my words. My words, my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. His word, his sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. And I'm guilty of this. I, so I, this, is, this is just confession time more than anything. There have been times, even recently in my life, where I realized I'm still living on the word I learned 20 years ago. And I, I was listening to a guy the other day. He said, um, he said, the two biggest weaknesses of the human condition are forgetfulness and ignorance. How many times in scripture do you say, here, see these words, remember, don't forget. Remember, don't forget. Why? Because we forget. I, I, that's, it's why even when you, for some of you who have dreams and you feel like these, the Lord's learning to speak, you're learning to hear the language of dreams and the Lord's speaking to you. That's why we say, write them down. I'm guilty of this. This is me preaching to me. Because sometimes you'll wake up and you'll have a dream and you're like, this was so God. I mean, it is, it is moving you. You've got the details. And it's like, I will never forget this dream until you sleep again. And then it's like, it could have been a dream that changed your life, that set the course for a whole season. And a few months later, you literally can't remember the basic details of that dream. So what do you do? You write them down. Why would you write them down? So you could read them. Because sometimes we have to remind ourselves through words who he is and what he said. Meditate on these words day and night. We've, we've, we can't sit there and say, man, there was a season in my life where I was really into the word. That is, a, that is a sad saying. It's true about all of us. So I'm not acting like I'm above this. I'm just saying, we have to set our heart on a path where we say, Lord, because your word is you and I don't wanna have seasons of you, I wanna have a life full of you, then I don't wanna have seasons in your word. I wanna live my life in your word. What will begin to happen is you'll find out that you are more armed to go on the offensive. There's a lot of stuff, I deal with this with my kids sometimes, where they'll hear things at school and they won't know how to combat them. So they'll hear things about, I'm gonna give you an example. This actually happened in my family. My oldest daughter, this was a couple years ago. Um, it was right around when uh, Roe v. Wade was being overturned. There was a lot of talk around that, what was going on in the Supreme Court and all this. Well, my oldest daughter comes home and she says, Dad, I just don't understand this. How can you, what if, what if, what if the abortion is the only thing that will save the life of the mom? Anybody else ever had hard questions like that? It rolled around in your head. 
And, I, and I'll, what, I'm, what I'll tell you is, when, when I'm, and I won't go into that because it was a long conversation, but what I will say is, go back and read Ephesians 2. Notice what the, the Word of God is. It's the sword of the Spirit. So in the spirit realm, the Bible is the sword. It's the only truly offensive weapon in the arsenal. You got a belt, you got a breastplate, you got some shoes, you got a shield, but then you got a sword. And I'm telling you, you're gonna need your sword when good arguments come your way. Because your ideas, there, there's, the Bible says there's a way that seems right unto the man, but it ends in death. We have to have our sword so that we can go on the offensive and are not constantly trying to defend what, defend what we believe. We need to stop defending what we believe. We need to start attacking principalities. And the more of that word that you know, when you find yourself, and we're increasingly in times where we actually need to know why there are only two genders. Not just because it's on your favorite candidates or somebody, someone Instagram's t-shirt. No, you actually need to know why you believe that. Show me in the scripture. Show me that. Some of the hot topics. Show, you've heard me say this before probably, but you've got to get this down in your heart. Show me the scripture. Show me the word. And then you got to get the word in you where you, it's your sword, where you get to find yourself in conversations. It doesn't even, it doesn't come near you because you've got your sword out. It's like, that's why us Texans believe we should be armed. It's like, you know what? You can come at me, but you never know. I might be packing. <laughs> when someone knows you might have a weapon, you know what happened? Ah, let's leave them alone. Where does a thief, where does a burglar want to find? Someone who does not have a weapon. Someone who does not have the ability to defend themselves. We just need to start wearing our swords around. It's like open carry. It's, that's a good word right there. It's open carry season. My son, give attention to my words, my words, my words. Incline to your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.